0: And welcome to Soupy Heart Radio. I have the pleasure today of talking with Lauren Ryburn, who is known to many of you on Instagram as The Green Crew. And uh, I'm so happy to catch up with you. We've had so many interesting chats. And as I said, one of the biggest challenges is actually just trying to think of um, where we focus all the different topics we could hit this morning. Welcome, Lauren.
1: Hi, thanks for having me. (laughs) So Lauren, can I just get a
0: little bit about um, your story? Because obviously you're a stewardess, but you're originally from New Zealand, I believe?
1: Yes, that's correct. I'm a Kiwi. Uh, I grew up in New Zealand in a small rural town in the North Island. And I qualified to be a spa therapist straight out of high school, actually. So I um, worked in New Zealand for five years and then I spread my wings and I flew over to London where I based myself and I worked there as a mobile spa therapist for two years driving around in a little mini Cooper with big white polka dot, uh, pink polka dots on it. So that was interesting. Um, and I did that for two years, travelled around Europe a little bit and based myself and then my visa was actually due to run out and I wasn't ready to move home at all. I still had the travel bug and I heard through a friend about the yachting industry and um, yeah, I jumped on board and haven't really looked back. So I've been doing bar therapy and stewardessing and yeah, no, I, I, I love it. Uh, so, out of interest, yeah.
0: when was that that you got into the yachting industry?
1: Uh, I've been in the industry for five years now, so yeah, Did round about two, th- oh, sorry, you go. <laughs> well, no, it, it's
0: just, it's interesting in some ways on people's experiences of when they joined the industry. Those that joined 10 years ago have a very different experience to those who joined five, to those crew who are at the moment just coming into the industry. It has been evolving and changing very quickly over the past couple of years.
1: Yes, you're right. It has. When I joined, there wasn't really the online social media aspect of things so much, and the online presence. And it's great. It's like a really real sense of community now, more so than what it used to be. So it's you know used to just navigate it as you went and hope for the best, but now there's so many tools and support and other people that you can connect with, and it's it's really great actually.
0: So, uh, Lauren, I know you best or I originally knew you from seeing just some very cool posts come up from the Green Crew on, or the Green Stew. Oh, Green Stew, sorry. <laughs> but we can, we can do Green Crew <laughs> yeah. as well um, Networks, on yeah, Instagram. Exactly. So <laughs> where did that begin? How did you kind of start that side of it?
1: Um, well, yeah, when I joined the industry, it was always a bit of a shock. You know it's a different world as you know and um yeah just witnessing the 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 waste generated on board a super yacht the throwaway mentality um it, it can be the pollution that you see even when you're out on the ocean you know floating in the on in the harbors or in the ports or wherever you go um can be quite alarming so yeah I, i've kind of wor- wor- worked for a couple of years and it, it built up on me and I, I started to get really frustrated and felt like, like very helpless and knew that there could be change and, and something could happen and, um, and I suppose you have the option of running off and burying your head in the sand and you know leaving the industry and trying not to think about it or I had the realisation that I could actually do something positive and, and, and make changes in my own environment on the boat I was working on and you know inspire my fellow crew to do the same and then I had the idea of, after doing that for a while, sharing it with other crew and other people in the industry. So I started the Green Stew Instagram and my blog and my website. And, yeah, I just wanted to share it with what I'm doing with, with other people and create a community of like-minded, eco-conscious yachties. And, yeah, it's had some really good response and it's really taken off well and it's always so great to hear from other Yachty's out there doing their thing, and and the positive things they're doing, and the initiatives people are taking, and yeah, it's it's really cool. And I <laughs> so think I'm really enjoying it. I think that's one of the
0: big changes, certainly I've seen over the past two years since we've been broadcasting, is how much more is coming in, how much more, in a in a positive way. I mean, we can go into the negatives. We've we've all seen the horrendous pictures of plastics in our oceans and and various other images like that. But there has also been underlying that, a very positive movement in our industry of people saying, you know, we can make the change and we're in an industry that can afford to support this change as well. Um, I think the, the difference that even, you know, it's not from the owner down for the super yacht, very often it's the power of, of the crew and the senior crew looking at other options and, and presenting them. It's a powerful position that we have as as crew and senior crew on board.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's We're in a really powerful position and I think sometimes we can forget that as crew. We, we can feel small or we can feel helpless to make a difference in what we're doing. But in fact, we are the majority in the industry. There's more of us than anyone else. And uh, yeah, we have a a real really powerful position to make a change to bring awareness you know not only to the people around us but the people we work for the families we work for the you know the influential high powered people that own and charter the yachts if we can inspire positive change for them and bring awareness to them that's huge and uh yeah not only that but we can bring awareness because we're such a widespread industry we're all over the world to other cultures other countries um, that we visit and um, you know whether it be using your provisioning your reusable produce and shopping bags at the local supermarket and and the locals seeing that and thinking oh wow and you can explain to them why and you know uh, asking asking for no straw or bringing your own metal straw at a beach bar in a remote island somewhere can be a powerful thing and yeah it's a large industry that we we're working in and you know yeah, we we have power to come from the inside out and really drive a change. So it's really it's really inspiring actually to know we can do that. We're not helpless.
0: Well, you know, I um started this year with a very interesting conversation with Maria Koch who is a former sailing captain and she also set up a a company called Water Without Waste. But it started oh, yes. with her doing a survey of super yachts from captains down to crew, to owners, to find out what are you drinking, why are you drinking, uh, not alcohol, (laughs) I'm (laughs) focused on water here. At least that's glass, usually. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And what are you drinking? And and did a very broad survey looking at water usage on board. And it was kind of startling. If you just look at one super yacht of you know, a a medium-sized crew, alone just in the amount of plastic bottles that would, five years ago, would have been brought on, shipped, stored, you know, had to be recycled, not always possible in a marina. And she also looked at why are people still buying plastic bottles? and Hence why she started, you know, her own water filtration company. But um, just starting there... Just, I don't have the figures offhand, but it's something like fifty thousand plastic bottles on a super yacht in one year would be consumed. So, if, yeah. you, if you look at that, just the impact one super yacht can make by switching over, it it's huge.
1: It is. It is really huge, and and it is startling. And that was one thing I noticed when I, the very moment I joined the industry, was the the plastic bottle use and consumption and the you know the guests having three sips and then throwing we're throwing it away in the bin and the crew going through you know you're working outside in the heat going through countless amounts of water bottles and so you're right the, the water filtration system is a huge huge reduction in plastic and and the water I mean the water can it's better for you it's not got mm-hmm. the plastic infused into it it's not been sitting around you, you know where it's come from and it's come from the best place with where, where water does come from so yeah, yeah but even the
0: source of it you know we that was yeah. one of the things There's a misperception that bottled water was better for you actually yes. <laughs> very often not because of as you say the those the sources where it's traveled from uh, the carbon footprint of that one bottle alone um is is Mm, scary sometimes.
1: Exactly, exactly, and not only that, but the storage, this and the lugging and lugging them on board for the provisioning and knowing where to store them all, and then the waste, and it's it's a whole another yeah kettle of fish with all of that. So, really, the the filtration system cuts that out as well. It's you know time money. And, of course, helping the environment. So it's a no-brainer, really. Yeah, and they're fantastic, and most are going too. You, way, you,
0: you can great. even get bubbly water and chilled water. And, um, you know, within within about a year, a good filtration system will have paid for itself on board.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And, you know, we, we they we have the money to, to be able to implement these things. So it's great. It's just bringing the awareness. Sometimes people don't, yeah, they aren't aware of where their water's come from or how... It's affecting them, so it's a big one. Mm,
0: but it doesn't it doesn't just stop at, at water bottles either. Um, there's no other ways that we can kind of reduce our our plastic use on board as well.
1: Definitely, yeah, definitely. the um there's so many products these days and companies bringing out amazing reusable items, which are great. um Ziplocks are always very popular on board, I know for stewardesses we love them. So, you know, silicone reusable Ziplocs are great, reusable wraps and covers instead of using cling films and packaging and like the, um, coffee cup, sorry, coffee cups, like the
0: wax, because cling films, the, the one that I find tough just because it's, you know, I've switched from cling film to tubawares which I still seem to have most of the lids on, but um <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, they always go missing
0: <laughs> yes they do somehow it's like, <laughs> like socks. socks they don't always they're match just, up but exactly they
1: just grow legs <laughs> exactly
0: um but there's some very cool wax strips as well you know that if you were um very creative i know you can do yourself but you can now yeah you can now buy these waxed um
1: the beeswax wraps yeah the beeswax great. wraps
0: which yeah, last they're great. and last you know
1: exactly you just wash them reuse them and it's amazing. They Yeah, they, they work really well at covering up, you know, half a lemon or half an avocado that you've used at tea break. And it's, it's yeah, they're, they're pretty as well. <laughs> and there's yeah, that waste. <laughs> and it also, I mean, there's many ways of reducing the plastic. Same with buying uh, biodegradable products as well. Things in the toiletries department for, for guests and for crew can also Go under the radar, but they produce a lot of plastic like mm. cotton buds and facial wipes and toothbrushes and dental floss. So all of those products, I mean, there's, all, there's beautiful alternatives these days for those. And, I mean, they look better as well if you're providing them for guests. It's much nicer to have a beautiful bamboo toothbrush and a, a little glass floss container with silk floss. I mean, that's very decadent for an owner. Wow, well, silk floss. Uh, so, yeah, you can buy a, a silk tooth floss and it's in a little glass reusable jar and you, you top it up it looks like a little silkworm almost inside and yeah they're incredible <laughs> cool and how about
0: um shampoos and what i put my foot down this my daughter's pre- tests is um shower gel because they love shower yes. gel but i'm like you know what a bar of soap comes in a cardboard box we're going back oh, to soap I... <laughs>
1: I know. I'm. I'm. I mean, I've always been a soap girl, and I love soap. It's so compact and easy, and uh, yeah, you you lose half of the body wash down the sink anyway. So, yes, yeah, soap soap bars are a huge one. And even you can buy soap bars for your shampoo and conditioner now, which is amazing. I've even just conditioner. Using one. Yeah, shampoo and conditioner. It's made from coconut oil and beeswax and all sorts. And. It, I mean, there are different brands, some work better than others, but I've started using one I got in new Zealand actually, and I love it, and I really noticed the difference when I traveled from New Zealand over here. My toiletries bag was tiny and light, and my you know I could fit another pair of shoes in, which was great, so that was a huge one and and you're just really reducing yeah your plastic use with those shampoo bottles and those those products that you're going through really easily on board so that's a real really good one
0: also when you're traveling do you know you're restricted to your hundred mils of of fluid which to be honest doesn't give you very much when it comes to shampoo
1: exactly exactly and then you have to try and find your own brand over in a remote country which isn't great and another great thing that i do is is i'm actually make a lot of my own products as well on board my own facial products facial oils body scrubs and that's a really great way to they're very eco-friendly mm-hmm. and they're very simple and you can have them wherever you are you don't have to worry about sourcing your special face cream you know when you're in a remote place or, or anything like that so yeah that's a really great one you just make them from essential oils and and household ingredients actually and not difficult to make I mean you're limited in in space
0: for, for storage of materials and presumably how much space you have to make things
1: yeah no some of them are very compact some of it's even products just from the galley you can go in and grab baking soda or sea salt or something to use as a scrub or Exfoliant, um, so a lot of it you can make with with what you've got on board already. You don't have to source too much, and then you can go to the next level, of course, with getting the the special items. Um, but yeah, no, really easy to do. Quite fun. Quite a good bonding exercise on a crossing or something like that, and. Um, they work great. I mean, I swear by them. It's just getting used to it. And, and, and once you do it once, you're hooked, really.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, um, the one I recently came across, and we have a big jar of it, is we like coffee in our house. And, you know, what do you do with your coffee grounds? And I have a, a good friend who is more eco-entrepreneurial than me. And she started us on, you know, dry out your coffee grounds. Um, yes. They, they make a fabulous scrub.
1: Yes, they do. Yes, they do. Definitely. We've I've used it when I've worked on spas on board actually. I've gone into the galley and grabbed a few ingredients and some coffee grounds and and made a, a body scrub and done that in the hammam and oh it's it's amazing. It's beautiful and it smells delicious. Just have to make sure you wash it down thoroughly. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> uh, the okay. other the other big one and it certainly affects us here in the Med um during the summertime is sunscreens. For, yes. for two reasons, you know, there's the sunscreen fact that they most of them come in plastic bottles, but there's also the other fact that if you love swimming, um, sunscreens are not so great for our oceans at all.
1: No, not at all. And yeah, it's it's there's a lot of research around that and around coral bleaching. Mm. And you can see when someone jumps in the water, you can see the oil dispersing from them. Further and further and as you know oil stays on the surface and it gets larger and larger and it's quite alarming to see so luckily these days in the era we're in there's many beautiful reef safe sunscreens that don't have the nasty chemicals in them that are going to harm the sea life and and change the ph of the ocean so Uh, that's really good i think the other
0: thing to consider as well is how much we absorb through our skin you know you you think of putting on stuff but what we put on our skin we absorb into our body as well so you know the old adage of uh, look at something if you can drink it then it's going to be good for your skin as well Um, not that we're going to want to drink sunscreen but if you look at the ingredients (laughs) of the natural ones it's like okay i don't want to drink it but it probably won't harm me
1: (laughs) exactly some of them smell delicious as well so you would be tempted but Exactly. Anything that you're putting on your skin is going in, in, into the body, into the bloodstream. So it's harmful to you. It's harmful to the environment. Um, it's, it's a no-brainer, really, to, to avoid those sort of chemicals. And another big one to remember is anything you're putting on your body, it does absorb in, but the excess washes off as well. Mm. So if you've got a face cream, a body cream on, either when you're swimming or when you're sh- showering, it's all going down the drain, and that's inevitably going into the ocean. So that's a really a real big one to remember that anything that goes down the drain is going in the ocean, and that's sometimes we're a bit disconnected from that. I think, so that's a, a scary one, really. Yeah, Which, yeah. Well,
0: I mean, the other, of course, major one that would affect you as a stewardess is cleaning products. You know, there, <laughs> there's the kind of older generation that would have bleached. Um, not necessarily on board but you know domestically would have bleached the hell out of everything to be honest and um, used very strong chemicals in cleaning where where have you sort of moved on the most effective ones because we know some natural ones some work really well some just take a lot more elbow grease
1: yeah it is finding the ones that work well for you and Um, I know some people can be very hesitant on board because there are special areas to be cleaned and, you know, sometimes there's an old faithful, old favourite product that's been used on the board that boat for for years by passed down from chief stew to chief stew. So, sometimes it can be hard to want to switch from them. But, I mean, there are some really great alternatives out there and it it just sometimes pays to, to try them out. Um, you can make your own cleaning products with some, but um, other brands, there's a lot of companies bringing out refill options as well. So they have not only there, don't have the chemicals in them um, when you're using them, but they also bringing out bulk refill sizes, which you can have stored on board and refill your same spray bottle, um, which is great. And um, yeah, the, the chemicals, this, yeah, this, I think there's a Kiwi brand that recently brought out a range and they're now um, in the yachting industry called EcoStore. They're from New Zealand and they're a Kiwi brand and they've brought out big bulk refill sizes and it's great and they have all chemical free and it's they're very safe to use and I've tried a few of them and they're actually very, very good um, to be using for cleaning. But, yeah, you have to think about not only the environment, once again, going down the drain, but using it in a confined space when you're breathing it in as a stewardess Mm. and your guests are breathing it in as well. And it can be, yeah, really scary if you're using those old-fashioned products with the strong chemicals in them. It can be very, very harmful for all involved. So,
0: yeah. for provisioning for these, uh, is it – do you get most things online? Uh, Because it presumably depends where you're – what port you're in depends on how much you have accessible to you.
1: Exactly. And that can be one of the the biggest struggles that we find is we're wanting to source eco products, but it can be hard when you're in a place where you can't read the labels or you're in these remote areas that don't really have the the options. Um, So a lot of it can be sourced online these days, which is great. And many companies are based you know, some of them are based in the US. They'll have a hub in Europe and they have a hub in, in the Pacific, um, just like EcoStore. But some of them also, yeah, you, you might want to stock up on them and have them on board so you, you know when you're going to some remote place that you are well prepared. I think when it comes to eco practices, sometimes you do have to be quite well organised and prepared for what might, might, might what might be ahead and what you might not be able to get. But yeah, it's pretty common these days to be able to find them, which is great. It's becoming much easier to source. And, and once again, some of them you can make yourself as well, like a bed spray you can just make from water and essential oils. It's so simple. So that's something that doesn't really need to be bought, I don't think. But yeah, or personal preference. Can
0: I just say vinegar, I use a tremendous amount of for um, cleaning as well, It. Uh, it's sort of my go-to vinegar and bread soda or my kind of two stables of what I want to. And I've often found them more effective than, you know, the, the things you buy in the supermarket. So yeah, the combination exactly. of those with some oils, you know, kind of covers a lot of my bases.
1: <laughs> oh, I mean, I think, uh, yeah, they're so popular these days. Good old vinegar is a lifesaver if you can stock up on that. And, yeah, as well, baking soda is another favorite, but, you're right. It's so simple, so easy, especially for cleaning windows and things like that. It's it doesn't need to be these really intricate, crazy products. It can, it can be the most simplest things work the best. And um, yeah, it's 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 yeah, it's it's great that we're heading that way. It's making things easier for us in that regards. Of course, with vinegar, you have to be careful with some surfaces mm-hmm. like marble. Um, but if you're you know using it right in, in the right areas, for instance, the crew areas is is great or Crew cabins. If you're cleaning with simple products like that, it's you can spray it everywhere in the confined space, and it's it's okay for you to be breathing in, and for it to be flushed down the ocean into the drains.
0: The the other one I was aware of more recently. Uh, I have a bigger family, so we do a lot of laundry, and it was the disturbing fact of all our fleece blankets and you know fleecy jumpers uh, are essentially made from plastic. So when we wash them, what washes out are still tiny microfibers. Have you seen a kind of filters for washing machines coming in at all? Is there an awareness there of that kind of bit there, that we don't think of as much?
1: There is a bit. Yes, I have seen a, a quite a few products and, and people talking about that in the industry, which is great. You can buy, um, I think they sell, I know, like almost like a large um, delicates bag, but it's huge, and you can actually put the clothing inside that and zip it up and put that in the machine, and then that contains the the fibers that come off. Clever. Yeah, so that's quite a good little trick. Um, but I, I don't know about filters. I'm, I'm I suppose something like that's probably been brought out probably by the Germans or something. <laughs> so I must look into that actually, because yeah, yeah that's a big one.
0: That or um, I also saw these laundry balls which are meant to do a thousand washes. I haven't tried one yet. Um, I would love to know how effective they are at really getting rid of stains, but it just shows we, there are alternatives out there to even traditional, you know, washing powder or actually I prefer washing powder to washing liquids. Cause at least that comes in a box, but
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, I've, I've tried those, the eco eggs, um, in the washing machine, and they, they weren't really great. I think if it's for stains, of course, you have to treat them accordingly and soak them beforehand and be aware of that, because with natural products, they're not, not, not going to be quite as strong. But, no, I, I used that, and that was great. You just chuck it in each time. You don't have to fiddle around with filling up the, the machine with the with the product. And, yeah, they're actually really great. Okay. Same with uh, the woolen dryables, too, and the, the eggs that go in the dryer. Yeah, yeah. So you're not using... Um, those the bounce dryer sheets they're very harmful for respiratory diseases and all sorts with the chemicals in them so those in the machine and the dryer with a couple of drops of essential oil rolling around, they work really well at unbunching the sheets and all of that so yeah, I've seen them using a lot more on board boats which is great The the other big topic
0: um, is, and this is something actually I was aware of at the last Palmer Yacht Show um, and it's, it, it was a small thing, but they, it was great to see they had recycling bins, um, you know, more and more as we come into marinas, they have better facilities now for recycling and, and bins. What I don't think people are, are as aware of is for the smokers out there, cigarette butts are one of the yeah. biggest pollutants of our oceans. yes and i don't think you know smokers actually realize how um toxic the filter buds are
1: yeah and not only the toxicity but they are made of plastic so they don't biodegrade they don't break down they're not natural they 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 are plastic so the, the marine life is choking on it they're out in the ocean floating around it's it's crazy and i've yeah this one really hit's personally <clears throat> excuse me personally for me because I've faced it so often on board with crew members smoking and flicking cigarette butts out into the water off the boat or on the dock and it's just absolutely shocking so I always make it my personal vendetta to chase the person down and and ask them you know and tell them why and and provide them sometimes on board with at least a, a glass jar or something they can use to put them in because, yeah, I, d- I don't know what it is about, about cigarette butts but it seems to be, they think it's okay to throw a cigarette butt, you know, they might not throw a bottle cap over the side but a cigarette butt's okay, so. yeah, yeah I don't, I don't um, think we see it as,
0: I don't think it's seen as being plastic and um, the other problem yeah. is a cigarette butt is actually extremely stinky so, you yes. know, it, it's not something you can just tuck into a bin because if you put it in the bin, the whole bin's gonna stink um,
1: yes you're true and the fact that there's a fire as well I think people are oh, I'm putting out a fire I'm putting it <laughs> into the water so it's a good thing you know I saved the boat from burning down <laughs> okay. so yeah uh, people are changing these days I know a lot of people have little ziplocks in their pockets that they put you know cigarette butts in and yeah, have uh, But, yeah, one thing I always make a point of doing is as soon as we hit the dock and I see the smokers go out, I'll get them a, a used jar and fill it with a little bit of water, put the lid on, and here you go, put your butts in this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you'll have me to answer to.
0: <laughs> so, Lauren, have you um, had or how do you manage a certain resistance that you – or have you felt a resistance for eco-change? Does it depend on – the crew you're with, have you seen changes over your five years of people being open to it? How do you manage that when you're in stew position? Yeah,
1: yeah, I've definitely faced it um, and it can come from a range of different people and in different ways. Um and I think it's changing these days. People are becoming a lot more aware. I mean, it's not hard to you know know what's going on and the damage we're and the impact we're having on the environment, but when, yeah, you, when you're facing resistance, it can be hard, and especially if you're not the HOD or, you know, in charge of how things are run, it can be really hard to feel like you can speak up or make a change or make a difference or persuade people to do things slightly differently in a more sustainable way. Um, yeah, I think it's it pays to kind of approach it in different ways with certain people. You you Some people... Don't have the background, the education around sustainable practices. They maybe didn't grow up recycling. So sometimes they're just completely unaware of of the effects we We all think we all know, but some people don't. they may have grown up different places. So, yeah, I think it just pays to to bring awareness to people in, in their own way in a way that they can understand it. And I think it when you're coming up with resistance is to not lose hope and to kind of stand strong, but just just find alternative ways that you can breach the subject or implement something or bring awareness, whether it be, you know, I sometimes like to play documentaries in the crew mess at tea breaks so that <laughs> people are sitting down and they kind of, <laughs> you know, sipping on their coffee and they see a blimmin' a whole lot of plastic floating amongst the dolphins and, you know, they might not say anything or, or think that it's affected them. But just, just having the words and the, and seeing the the images can help um, without you shoving it down their throat um, and and just being patient. You know, no one's a bad person. It just—they have their own ways they've been brought up and their their own val- views and values. So I think it's just learning how to approach it in a, in a manner and maybe sometimes not using the the catchphrases like green and sustainable can sometimes make people glaze think over. It's, it's, exactly. Yeah, yeah, they'll climate change and all of that and Greta Thunberg. So I think sometimes <laughs> it's about maybe even approaching it in a different way, like it doesn't have. It might be about saving money, or saving space, or saving time. Um, you know, it, it can come. You can even explain things to people in those sort of ways. So it doesn't always have to be, and it shouldn't be a negative um, situation. It should be a positive, you know, liaising with the people and bringing awareness to them. It doesn't have to be a negative thing. So well, what? I, yeah, we are all facing it.
0: I, I think we're not alone. One of um, the post you. Posted recently that I loved was a little bit like a, a term a friend of mine used of being veganish. You know, you don't need to yes. be vegan. You don't need to go hardcore. Uh, you know, cut out every animal product in your life. But you can no. go veganish. You can just have a steak if you go out, but you don't buy in steak. You can um, see if you're going from. I don't know, Paris to Antibes, whether you take the train instead of the plane, you don't have to go all out in all directions, but just try and make some small changes here and there. And as they become habits, you know, it's a little bit like um, my kids know I will no longer buy them water when we're out. So if you've forgotten your water bottle... That's it. (laughs) You're going to have to wait till we get home (laughs) because I'm not buying a water bottle. Um, Yeah. Or, you know, everyone now, since they brought in the the, the single-use plastic charges on bags, everyone brings shopping bags to the the supermarket now. It just becomes a habit. So I think some of it is making those small changes of bringing in it as habits.
1: Exactly, and I think not beating yourself up. You know, you're doing right in some ways. And in some ways, you might not be able to control it. You know, when you're working in an industry, you don't have full control over what goes on. But if, as long as you're doing what you can in your own lane and you're taking positive steps, and that's that's huge. And if we all do that, then that's inspiring and and creating great great change. And um, yeah, I think just not to lose hope with that. We we all can do our own thing, do our little bit in our own way. And that's really powerful, definitely. And you're right, habits. I think probably the first person that took a reusable coffee cup to a cafe got laughed out of the store. So now <laughs> that's a, a common thing. so it it just you know bringing your own straw, that's becoming more and more popular mm. um, and more and more common. So these things sometimes we need to be the pioneers. Um I often take my own containers to the Indian takeout when I put my leftovers and I say, Has he, does anybody else do this? And they, they laugh and they say, no, no, you're the only crazy lady that brings the containers in. But I think, great. I but hope you're well. memorable. Make sure yeah, make sure people can see and talk about it because, you know, it'll become the norm soon and <laughs> everyone will be doing it.
0: Out of interest, um, not to go too much into the veganish side, but have you had chats with uh, yacht chefs? of how they might be changing their menus more to, because unfortunately, uh, like it or not, I, I do, I'm not a vegan, I'm not a vegetarian, but I, I could quite happily live that way some um, to most of the time. <laughs> um, yes. The beef is is not good for our environment, as we know, except for if the beef is having, the cow is having some seaweed, it does prevent the methane (laughs) release but (laughs) you know overall as an industry it's one of the big ones you know aviation and uh, transportation and food are the two biggest ones that as consumers we are part of have you had that chat with chefs or seen changes there
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely have. I think people themselves are, I mean, there's so many vegetarians these days and and vegans and people that are really looking to eat more sustainably and more healthy foods. So I think from what I've seen, a lot of chefs are adapting really well and and cooking amazing alternative meals. And I've I've worked on boats where they do, you know, meat-free one day a week. So whether it just be tuesday you know tuesday meat free tuesday maybe not monday that might be a bit harsh after the weekend but <laughs> one <laughs> one day a week when you're cutting out meat is is huge and and you'd be you know some people might moan about it but you'd be surprised at how quickly they adapt and how great they feel from eating the the more healthy alternatives and and these days there's so many delicious options <sighs> that really you, you don't miss it so much so that can be a huge one because you're right, the meat industry has a massive eco footprint. And um, no, I think the chefs are, are really open to adapting because you have to, in, in ways, be a little bit more creative when it comes to alternatives. Um, you have to add more spices or cook things a little differently. So I think they thrive, actually, some of them. Well, because it's a challenge. Some might be set in their ways. Exactly. Yeah. Some might be set in their ways a bit more. But, I mean, if, if you come on board and you – you don't eat meat or you're asking these things then then they have to kind of provide it so i think if they want to keep up with the way of the future and the way things are heading that that's that's where it's going and they have to keep up with the pace or they'll miss out
0: <laughs> yeah so and, and there's also so many i mean um two of my children are vegetarian and there are so many very cool options coming up if it's if it's a choice not to eat meat because of that you know some of the the chicken or has has proved true recently with burger king they've brought in the impossible burger which has just gone through the roof oh. it tastes like a burger but it's not a burger
1: yeah yeah that's great i mean there's so many delicious alternatives we're so lucky i'm a vegetarian myself and and being in in this day and age we are so lucky because the the food is, is so delicious with all the falafels and the patties and this and that and yeah, I mean, there's so many delicious alternatives. Every menu you see, there's at least five or six delicious options, and so I think it's I think it's the way we're going, whether you consciously choose it or not. I think people are going that way, and um, yeah, here in here in Palma, there's some beautiful vegetarian mm-hmm. restaurants.
0: Yeah, no, so
1: I, vegan actually, yeah, delicious. I have
0: to say that the difference of living in in the south of France to living here in Majorca, uh, if you're a vegetarian. It's just a, a bounty of oh. choice in comparison. I know.
1: Um,
0: Great. Vegetarianism or vegetarian options, certainly, when we lived in Antibes were pretty narrow. Um, I'm hoping yeah. it's expanded over the past couple of years, but... Um, there are just so many lovely options and and also, you know, if you love Asian food, so much Asian food doesn't have meat in it because that's not a staple in Indian diets for example.
1: Exactly, yeah, the Indian restaurants or the Thai restaurants have beautiful meals that they've they've always cooked that don't have meat in them and they are delightful.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
1: You you don't miss it. (laughs)
0: The other tricky one for crew is that you have to get around the world, not just when you're working on board, obviously. But, um, for example, here from Mallorca, it's difficult to leave the island without flying. So if you're looking at transportation, how could you make a difference as a crew on how you get yourself around the world?
1: Yeah, well, it's something I've been looking to into myself, actually. Um, I, um, with the carbon offsetting programs, there's so many options these days for, for actually offsetting your flights which is great because you're right we do fly a lot as crew all around the world and it is unavoidable um so that's a really great way to kind of combat that and lighten the footprint i recently flew from new zealand to M- Majorca here and um i found a new zealand website called ecos i think it was called and you s- you send through your flight details to them and they they work them out that it's a um and then they email you back, you know the breakdown of of each flight and and the carbon footprint and and the miles and all of that. And then they give you an amount, and you can choose which degree of offset you'd like to to pick.
0: Mm-hmm. and
1: um and then you just pay for that, and it's it's incredible. They give you a little certificate and everything. and I think mine cost me one hundred New Zealand dollars, which is sixty euros And that's a flight probably one of the longest flights in the world so (laughs) it's going to be cheaper from there backwards anywhere else how do they um,
0: how do they offset the carbon how does i how does that work
1: um they have a lot of it's it's you have to make sure you get a reputable company because of course there are a lot of companies out there that aren't so but uh, um they usually have a lot of offset programs that they and projects that they work with or they donate to whether it be um reforestation or um, um, putting money into initiatives that are coming up with ways of technologies of redu- reducing the carbon footprint and um, farm at local farmers in certain areas, indigenous places and, and supporting the Amazon rainforest. There's a lot of different ways and you can, yeah, that, that, that they pay towards. And I think you can choose sometimes on some websites, which ones you want to donate towards and they give you an update and they give you all the data and the information and, yeah it's 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 great so for crew it's incredible if we can be i mean it would be great if the boat would could incorporate that into some sort of offset program but even for now if i believe if as crew members if we offset each flight we took because usually we're not paying for them ourselves anyway the flights Mm -hmm. it's a it's a small amount of money that it makes a huge difference i mean that's a massive reduction in eco footprint and trying to compensate for that which is which is great so yeah there's many many options online these days which is really cool to see even talking
0: online um i recently discovered a um google search called uh, EcoSia, where instead yes. of instead of you know doing your search on your usual browser you can go through EcoSia, and um it helps contribute to the amazon
1: Oh, I know. It's so cool. I use it myself and it's, you know, you go on and it's got the trip, you'd say a search with Ecosa, and then it's got a picture of all the trees and then it's literally a count of the trees ticking up one by one as you're searching (laughs) in front of your eyes and you think, wow, this is cool. I'm sitting back on my couch searching, Google, not Google searching, sorry, Ecosa searching and I'm Trees are being planted because of it. So, I mean, this that's it's great. There's so many companies these days like that that are just, yeah, really ahead of the, the game with all of these sustainable uses. So something as simple as that can make a big difference. Um, really cool. The
0: the other big one that we have here in Majorca, and I know have been happening around the Meds, you know, on Tebe and, and all over and Fort Lauderdale, is the beach cleans. My own kids have done it of, you know, um, picking up. And and what amazes them is how much they can collect in an hour when they're all kind of getting together. Even on a beach that doesn't look too bad, when they started going through it, the volume of what they picked up but as a as a kind of social event, it has really been coming up on the crew calendar. I mean, we've seen loads of beach cleans happening all around the place.
1: Yeah, it's great. I think it's a great way to meet like-minded people and other crew. And it can be quite fun, you know, go for a drink afterwards. But, I mean, yeah, it just brings so much awareness. I mean, and you're, uh, the, you're actively helping the, the, the problem, which is, is powerful, but also just brings awareness as well you know when you're picking bits and little bits up it's you're thinking okay there's 20 cigarette butts in about the space of one minute so Mm. it makes you think okay all right and they're not breaking down and what's most popular use? but yeah even I mean organizing a crew beach cleanup on board your own boat is a is a great way to bond and great way to to create awareness as well if every boat you know went off for an hour at four o'clock on a Friday or Thursday and cleaned up for an hour on a beach altogether. I mean I think that would be quite fun good way to get outside and get some sunshine especially for the interior mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it brings awareness so I think it's it's such a great thing and and yeah there, you're right there are so many organised beach cleanups around the world these days and for crew which is great I know some ports um, organise them as well I think there's one in Barcelona that Port Val organises which is it's cool, so yeah, it's yeah. That's a really great way. I mean, you're actually tackling the problem ha- hands on, which feels great and is very helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, um, before we go, because we're just about hitting the top of the hour, um yes. I know that you are good friends with a good friend of ours in the industry as well, Kareen Rayson, who is otherwise known as the crew coach. Um, yes, can you tell us a little bit about that on on Facebook?
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, I've been working with Corinne for, for a while now and we, we're always looking at ways we can tackle um, the, the issues in the industry and the eco problems and um, we've actually created a, a Facebook group called conscious yachties, Mm -hmm. where um, we're kind of generating a group of like-minded individuals in the industry that can come together and support one another, whether it be with dealing with resistance or whether it's sharing information, sharing products, sharing practices, and just bringing a sense of community uh, when it comes to the the eco-warriors in the industry. Or even if you're not, just to go sign up and, and, and learn things and learn how you can make a difference on board your boat and yeah, it's been um very, very popular. We've had a great response already and, and everyone's sharing and coming together and it just makes you realise that you're not alone. We're all in the same boat, so to speak. And, uh, yeah, that that's a really great one. So if there's any crew out there that feel like they are alone or want some advice or anything like that, then I would recommend to join up to the conscious Yachty's facebook group and and come and join us and anyone
0: can join <laughs> it's, it's, you just yeah sign anyone
1: in. anyone can join yeah it's it's a it's a closed group so the public can't view it so it's all, all private but you just answer a few questions once you sign up and then we accept and and then away you go yeah it's it's great great
0: because i think that some of it as well is is the, for any big movement to work we've got to have the support and one of the things i love most about the yachting industry is the connections between people you know over the past two years we have made so many friends and partners around the world every crew person or captain we talk to you can see the connections we're we're closely tied so you know if we're all in it together making a difference um it, it makes all the difference.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I mean, yeah, just with the Green Stew over the last couple of years, I've met so many amazing individuals in the industry doing amazing things and great initiatives. So it's it's powerful. It just feels good to know you're not alone. And, yeah, we're all doing the same thing. And, yeah, making trying to make a difference Lovely. and get by. It's great.
0: Well, Lauren, thank you so much for joining us today. It was a pleasure talking with you. Um, if anyone oh, wants to find out yeah. more please go to the dot Stu. Stew. Is it? <laughs> Stew. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking it's okay. I'm thinking generically and it's, uh, okay. it's still
1: green crew okay
0: so thank you so much for joining us today and uh, please check it out everybody
1: oh it's my pleasure thank you so much for having me here it's okay. been great ciao ciao thank you mate.